This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to all Elders past and present and honour their history, cultures and traditions of storytelling. Hello and welcome to Pep Talk. I'm Caroline Hugel, your host and chief cheerleader. I know firsthand the value of a good pep talk. After more than two decades in the corporate world across Sydney, London and New York, I remain grateful for the pep talks that gave me perspective, confidence and helped steer me in the right direction. The Pep Talk podcast will give you the nudge you didn't know you needed in around 10 minutes, enough time to take a quick walk around the block while you're listening. It shares advice, experience and wise counsel from brilliant women connected to the world of media, communications and the arts. The first series of Pep Talk recognises the wonderful organisation, Fitted for Work, a not-for-profit that helps disadvantaged women get work and keep it through mentorship and other work readiness programs. Fitted for Work's social enterprise, SheWorks, offers a recruitment solution for creating diverse workforces. You can find out more at fittedforwork.org. Imogen Hewitt is Chief Executive Officer of Spark Foundry, a global media agency within Publicist Media, and is also board member of the Media Federation of Australia. Imogen, or Imo as she's affectionately known, has won more awards than most. She was most recently awarded Executive Leader of the Year at the 2022 b Awards, and she took Spark Foundry to the top of the 2020 New Business Rankings in Australia after only 12 months in the role. I first met Imo many moons ago when we both worked at Naked Communications. I was in the London office and she in Sydney. We crossed paths socially and I was drawn to her wit and sense of humour. When my family and I relocated back to Sydney from New York in early 2018, I was very keen to reconnect. Imo is warm and charming, but also quick-witted, straight to the point and very funny. I had six months of mat leave after having my third child and returning to work felt more daunting than ever. I remember calling Imo and asking for a pep talk. We met for lunch and all my fears of returning to the office subsided. Imo, hello. Morning. What do you wish you'd known at the start of your career? Um, That the more energy you put into pretending to be something that you're not, the worse you'll do. Um, And the more you accept that your own unique brand of weirdness has its enormous benefits because nobody else can be weird like you're weird um and and there is so much power in being um i hate the word authentic i just have a problem with it but the more you can just know who you are know what you know know what you don't know and be okay with all of that the more magnetism you actually generate and the more people want to be around you and the more opportunities you get what do you consider your greatest achievement i have two really kind children And I know that sounds a bit like, oh, she's so sweet. But I don't really want to be responsible for unleashing assholes on the world. So I am very proud of how kind my children are and how empathetic they are, how curious they are, how comfortable with their own sense of weirdness they are already. Um, I love all of that about them. Um, I'm very proud of the fact that between me and my husband, we are sort of in our own very small way, tackling some of the big stereotypes. He has been a stay-at-home dad for 
oh, 12 years. Um, and whilst there are occasional moments where I'm like, this is really hard work being the, um, the breadwinner, uh, I love the fact that my children, who are both girls, are growing up in an environment where they don't have any kind of preconceived ideas about who's meant to do what. Mm. And that there's, you know, they can, they can follow a career if that's what they want to do and they don't have to if that's not mm. what they want to do. But that partnership is the really the only solution to getting it all done well. What do you think has been the key to the success of your career? I've worked really hard and I've got a bit of an, a challenge with the fact that mostly when you ask women questions like that, they say, I've been really lucky. Um, I've worked with really great people. I've had doors opened for me. I think, yeah, all of that might be true, but if you didn't work really hard, none of that would have happened. And so I kind of am a, quite ferocious in, uh, in creating some space for people, women particularly, to say, I worked hard and I deserve it. So I worked hard. <laughs> That's been the key to my success. Mm. I've always worked hard. But I also have worked hard on stuff that I really enjoy. Can you talk about any specific work ethics or attitudes that have served you well? Yeah, I, I just, I think even when good enough is good enough, it's not good enough. And what I mean is that you have to hold yourself to your own account and have your own standards. Um, and I have been difficult in lots of roles that I've had because I just don't accept okay. I don't accept it of other people and I don't accept it of myself. So if it's not the best work I can do, I get very frustrated. Um, that's a challenge because sometimes you actually do need to let go a little bit and not <laughs> kill yourself over something that's not going to change the world. But at the same time, if you want to do, if you want to get to the place that you think is the best that you can get to in your career and you love it and you're compelled to do that, then you don't do that by taking shortcuts and you don't do that by any other way than putting in the work. Where does your motivation come from? My motivation is very uh, self-starter. I have always been driven by a sense of, um, well, if I'm really honest, and I guess this is probably where some of the question around or some of the inference around, is it a bit of a downer? A lot of it comes from a desire to prove that I'm good enough and always has. Um, and I don't think that that's bad. I think it's bad when you pretend that that's not what it is because then you're kind of having an internal struggle. I don't struggle with this anymore. I am very well aware that for whatever reason, I was built with the kind of... Um, sense that there was a lot of work to be done to prove that I was good enough. And that has turned itself into quite a positive sense of motivation. Um, and, you know, lots of people talk about it in terms of imposter syndrome. M maybe, maybe it's imposter syndrome. M maybe it's not. Maybe it's just the way that I'm biologically put together. Um, but I have turned that sense of, oh my goodness, I'm going to get found out. Oh my goodness, I'm not good enough to be in this um, role. Oh my goodness, I'm never going to get that next big job. Um, I'm going to come a cropper when I'm trying to present something and it's not clever enough. I've turned all of that into fuel to get better. And while some people look at that and go, well, that's really um, kind of negative and a bit draining and it must be a bit exhausting. Sure, that's one choice you have in interpreting that set of circumstances. But the other one is I wouldn't have been able to do a bunch of the stuff that I've successfully gone and done if I hadn't gone, I'm just going to work really, really hard to prove that I deserve it. 
What's the best advice you've been given? My dad did used to say, get a big problem. He said it a lot. Um, it was particularly powerful coming from him because he was suffering from cancer for 10 years and he didn't stop going to work and he didn't stop being a good guy and he never wallowed in it. Um, and he was constantly of the view that, yeah, this is a bit shit, but there are people who are struggling with significantly more than this. And I'm doing it surrounded by a family that loves me with a business that I've built um, with amazing relationships and friendships. And he just refused to be <laughs> negative Nancy about the whole scenario. And it's quite difficult in a good way to be really self-indulgent about your minor problems when you've got that kind of backdrop um, and someone who is without the wankery of, you know, a gratefulness diary and apologies to anyone who uses a gratefulness diary, good on you. Everybody should do what they need to do. But um, personally, I find that a little, I don't know, gratuitous. Um, so without that, he was constantly reminding me that having a perspective on all of the good things that you have is a choice. What would you go back and tell your younger self? I think I would just like to have been told that if you have the enthusiasm and the desire, then you are going to have an amazing time. It is a great industry for people who have short attention spans, like to think differently about things, um, are, uh, are energised by a different challenge every day. Where to next? I have constantly looked at who, who are the people doing interesting things beyond the scope that I've got and what do I need to do to manoeuvre myself into their position? Not Machiavellian, just get ready for the next job. And on occasion, I've just asked for it mm. and that's okay too. And on those occasions, I got those jobs. The best managers in the world are not telepathic. You know, when you look at the statistics about where people's careers or their happiness or their engagement in certain um, agencies or industries starts to wane, it is almost universally because you've got a manager that doesn't understand you very well. But I think that one of the things we don't do a great job of is making sure that we balance the responsibility of that manager to understand you and to get to grips with what motivates you and creates um, flow or where you can do your best work with the personal responsibility to not assume that they know those things without you actually advocating for yourself. If you don't advocate for yourself, that person cannot know. If you have a shitty manager and you advocate for yourself, then they're still going to be a shitty manager. But if you've got someone who's got a degree of empathy and interest in you and wants their lives to be easier because you are doing incredibly well, which most managers do if we really boil it down to the, the, the truth of the matter, um, then yeah, you need, to, you need to stand up for yourself and not in an aggressive, like, look at me kind of way. In a very personal, it's important that we understand what I need out of this because if I don't tell you, you can't create that space for me. You can't create that opportunity for me. That's it for this episode of Pep Talk. You can find the full interview on howdidyougetthere.com. If you enjoyed this Pep Talk and you feel cheered on, tell your friends and give us a great review. Pep Talk is produced in partnership with Weld Stories. I'm Caroline Hugel. See you again soon.